Well, it's Ashley Byrne here with Jonathan Kidd, who is, of course, the writer and the star of VoiceOver Guy. Now, of course, Jonathan, you've been a voiceover artist for a long, long time. And obviously, we know where you get your inspiration for VoiceOver Guy from. But why did you decide to put pen to paper and to create VoiceOver Guy in the first place? I mean, you could have been, uh, you could have remained quiet, as it were, about um, uh, the world in which you have inhabited for such a long time. Um but why did you decide to do it in the end? Well, because it, it, it's um, uh, my experience of working in the advertising world was that, um, and doing promos just generally, is that uh, it's all slightly mad and you're dealing with um, uh, a huge number of people who, are, um, who love the sound of their own voice. This is behind the glass. This is the producers and love um, to be contrary. For example, you can do a voiceover in front of uh, 11 people. And they've all come. It's a jolly almost because they can order strange things which a poor runner has to get for them. They'll have um, specific lattes from very peculiar shops. So it'll be elk elk milk or something that they can get. And uh, somebody will also hand them a um, uh, a toy that they can, uh, a little robot Jeep that they can play with while the session's going on. And what happens is then lunch becomes this great thing because they can order exactly what they want from where. And the whole of the the studio is set up to get is to, is to to give in to every little whim that they have so they're not really paying attention to what's going on but also frequently they will say something just because um uh because they can in order to give themselves a voice i mean i've had a bizarre job the other even just recently i did with somebody um, from an agency uh, uh who said to me um uh, are you aware that you've got um a northern vowel in uh, in your Cockney Reed, and we don't want that because we're after a, a, a Londoner. And I said, I'm sorry, I wasn't aware about that, but okay, I'll I'll try and make sure that he is. I've also learnt learnt, by the way, as a, an actor, to never ever lose my temper. So I've never ever gone, oh, don't be ridiculous, which is what you want to say, or or for goodness' sake, what a ridiculous thing to say. You go, oh, okay, then. I've always go, oh, have I? Oh, I didn't know that. While I'm actually thinking, what a complete, you know. I mean, you you. It's that that's it's it's you, you're constantly thinking of keeping the work, keeping the job and the money because you, you get paid quite nicely for doing it. But it's very pressurized stuff. But there were I mean, the worst example of that with 11 people there was once I had to do a Daily Telegraph ad and it was uh, sport in the Daily Telegraph this Thursday or something. There was some particular story. And this the producer said to the to the 11 people there, everybody happy with Jonathan's read? I thought that was great. And this little voice in the corner said, could he go up at the end? And uh, and he said, what do you mean? Well, could, could he go um, uh, this Thursday, uh, the Daily Telegraph, this Thursday? And uh, and it was the work experience girl. And, and, and guess what? Everybody said, I think that's a great idea. Let's try that. Yeah, we'll do it. The Daily, in the Daily Telegraph, this Thursday. And, and I'd been going in the date because it's sport. The Daily Telegraph, this Thursday. And, um, uh, and we went round the houses and did another nine takes of trying to get it. And the producer said, I don't think you quite got it, Jonathan. I think it's Daily Telegraph this Thursday. Um, uh, and we went around and around and around and around. And eventually we went back to take two, um, which was the Daily Telegraph this Thursday. But you almost had to do it for all these people because because nobody, want, didn't, nobody wanted to be seen to say, actually, I think that's really stupid. So that you, but aha, the, the, um, was the little video I made about the, which in fact we based the uh, voice of a man on, was based on a real situation. There were seven people listening to what I was doing and I was uh, trying to do a, a, a pirate ad for a boat firm 
We'd finished it. Once again, the producer said, I think that's really good. Jonathan's done it well. And I just started by going, aha, because it was, you know, get down to the boat shop and, uh, and you can be uh, such and such a boat. It was specifically for somewhere in Cornwall and they wanted to be a pirate. And, uh, um, uh, and it was, uh, it, we'd, we'd reduced it. It was too long. Frequently what happens is they'll write too much copy and you have to try and cram something in as quickly as possible. And then they change it and it goes down to nothing. But um, by, by the end, um, she said, I think that's great. It's all worked really well. And this man I'd never seen, but popped up, man in the corner, um, uh, bearded, uh, very bright shirt. I remember because you can't see looking out of your little booth, this man said. And he said, I'm having a problem with his ahas. I think they're too piratical. And because uh, uh, at the beginning, I went, aha. And at the end, it was aha. And we had to do 30, this is a real thing, 35 takes of me going, aha, 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 aha. And he's going, no, it's too much. No, a little bit less. And finally, I did one which was, that's the one. When we put that one in, please. So it goes, it goes, get down. It goes, get down as hard as a boat. And you think, that's not a pirate. A pirate doesn't go, a pirate goes, aha. That's what, that's the voice you use. And I thought, this is such a dreadful session. I must see if I can write this. So I wrote it, but it was the, I think that was the final straw. It was like, it was one of the worst sessions ever. That so I just thought well worse is the wrong word ludicrous silly having people interfering and it was and it worked well and you wondered why he'd said it and also the there's a kind of pusillanimous approach to things from everybody in the room they will always say yes to somebody who says something with any kind of conviction it's almost as if it, they feel they have to they, they're worried that that they might be doing something wrong because they really don't know. Most of the time, the client doesn't really know. So if somebody has enough conviction and says, I don't like the way he said that, they'll go, oh, me neither, even though they've all agreed that it was fine. No, I didn't like that either. You're absolutely right. Yeah, come to think of it, I think he could do better. Yes, I think you're right. Even though the producer has said, um, Every, everybody happy with that. And they've gone, oh, yeah, we're happy. Well, I'm not happy. Oh, aren't you? Why not? Well, because I think he's, he's at the end of it, he just he, he's growled a little bit. We don't want it growly. It's not growly. Oh, okay. Yes, if I'm to think of it, you're right. He is a bit growly. Let's listen to it back. Oh, he's very growly. Can you make it less growly? Yes, I'll make it less growly. And meanwhile, what you love is your friend in this situation is always the engineer who's frequently facing you in the booth. And you can always tell he'll just give a little eyebrow will be raised or a little kind of nod. Look, his eyes will look up. And he'll frequently just try and play an early take back to them to say, and he might interfere and say, actually, I think this one was quite good. And and because uh, and his view is they're getting near the end of the hour. I mean, the worst situation about this is I actually remember a guy, he'd gone, he hadn't appeared. The big cheese hadn't appeared. And it was a Christmas commercial. Um, so we did the whole session for 40 minutes, which was about six different commercials. You do lots of tags for different days. So it'll be Thursday, Friday, whatever, when it's coming out. Open next week. Open this week. Open tomorrow. Open today. You have to do all that kind of stuff. We did all of these. Chose a voice. I had to be Father Christmas. I was doing a kind of sort of avuncular Father Christmas voice for it as well like that. But I was also doing the main read. And um, with 20 minutes to go, and they've got to mix it and finish it in the hour, um, the person, the head person appears and uh, uh, and says, hello, can I listen to all the reads, please? And they've everybody has said after 40 minutes, I think we're happy with that. I think that's worked really well. And he comes in and he says, can we listen to that, please? And he goes, oh, no, no, that's not what I thought at all. I don't, you don't sound anything like you're real. And oh, no, it's it's there's no you know, I remember saying there's no ding in it. 
and and I, I ding. I thought it was ding. He, I, and I said, "Excuse me, what what is what is ding? Ding is a pizzazz, kind of a, enjoyment. It sounds very dull. Your read is dull, and Father Christmas sounds very peculiar. And and uh, could you make him completely different? And everybody in the room went, "Yes, we all had our doubts about Father Christmas. Yes, and uh, yes, and you're absolutely right. It is flat and dull. And um, anyway, in the next twenty minutes, the um, the engineer." just move them slowly back. We did several more takes to the take that the other people had agreed. And But it was all about ego. So the guy who'd come in late towards the end had then had to be persuaded and uh, himself. Somebody said, I quite like that bit there. He said, yes, come to think of it, that's quite good. Yeah, yeah. And we just went round in a complete circle and ended up at the take that, that had been, that I'd done when he came in that he'd said was dull, but they, he said, oh, that's great. Yes, that's happy. I'm happy with that. And perhaps we could, he had to have a bit of power. Perhaps we could take one of the bits of the end, of, of the other version towards the end and just put that in and make a kind of hybrid. And they all went, oh, yes, a hybrid. Oh, yes, discovering a word that they could use for it. So, you know, that, that's the kind of world that you're inhabiting with that. So The thing know. is, you're dealing with the advertising world, aren't you? And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what they like is the showbiz. They're attracted, they're excited by the showbiz. I, I know this from working in local radio for many, many years, that, um, you know, they want to be part of that. They want to be part of that showbiz and to be involved, yes, don't they? Yes, it's a jolly, it's a day out for them. It is, they're, they're looking forward, they want to be, but also then they want the power. They want the power to be able to manipulate the, the man behind the glass who they think they can do it better. One of the worst things is having somebody say, can you read it like this? And then they read it completely dreadfully. And you think, and I'm, I have the skill, I just copy them. And they go, oh, no, not like that. And I, I don't say, I never say, but I've just copied you. I go, oh, you didn't want it like that then. Oh, but tell me, tell me, rather than read it to me, tell me what you want. What I'm saying is, for God's sake, don't be ridiculous reading it to me. It's my job to interpret it. But that, once again, it's the control that they want in that environment. So you know it's it's um it, as you say it it's it they're 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 loving the idea of coming to an environment where they actually really would like to do it themselves. I mean I've actually worked with a situation where I've been sitting next to to somebody and I've said I sorry I don't know who you are and he says uh, I'm the uh, I'm the the uh, the assistant to the CEO and I've said oh uh, you're doing it with me are you? He said yes I've been told I've got a good voice so uh, I'm doing it. Oh, okay. Why isn't the CEO doing it? Uh, uh, well, he thinks he not might not be able to do it very well, but I'm having a go at it. And this bloke then proceeded not to be able to read at all. And I just went, oh, 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 oh. And his boss, who was in the room, said, what's the matter with you? You said you could do it. Yeah, I said, I don't, I'm stuttering, getting it wrong, missing his cue. And they said, the CEO then said, I'll do it. You come out here. And he went in and... And he was okay. My Anna thought mine's like that. You know, I mean, doing it. You think, oh, all right, well, I'll just give in to this once again. You know, so. But one one actor said to me once. He said, "I suppose you've reached the stage of your career where, if you don't like what's going on, you could walk out." And I said, uh, "I've never ever wanted to walk out of anything. I always try and make it work because that's in my nature." He said, "But you could if you didn't agree with it." No, I said, "You don't ever walk out." I said, "How's your voiceover career going?" I said, "Do you walk out?" He said, "Regularly." I said, "Do you work much?" He said, "No, never." I said, "Well, there we have it." You know, and he was in, he was in the National Theatre quite a lot. He just he clearly he 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 couldn't stand the the awfulness, the pretension, the idiocy. He couldn't stand it, so he just um, he, he 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 never worked. But one of the advantages I've got that I'm why I have longevity in this is that also is I'm I'm a 
I'm a decent sight reader. And it never occurred to me that lots of people can't actually read actors. They go into studios and they, they, they go, oh, their knees go and they can't. And it, uh, Whereas to me, I always thought this was the easiest thing to do because you're not having to learn the lines. You're just reading it. But I, I've, I've got a facility that I thought everybody had, which is you just hand me a script and I, I read it. And, and, I, and also the thing is that people don't know is you frequently have to fit it in in 30 seconds or 40 seconds or 20 seconds. And they've always overwritten the copy. There's always too much because they've always read it in their heads, these people. They haven't learnt. They can be doing it for 15 years. They will never learn that you have to do it, um, read it out loud. Because And then and I'm an actor. I put nuance into it. I put light and shade into it. I make it, you know, and even then. So therefore, it'll be even longer. So frequently, uh, and the number of, of, of ads I've done, which are seven and eight seconds over, and I'll fit it in. I'll always say to them, I'll do it for you. But then he goes completely like the clappers all the time because I can speak like that. I can do that. I can make sure all the, they're all enunciated. And they go, oh, it's very quick, isn't it? And it's gabbled. You have fitted it in, though. I said, yes. Well, it doesn't work, does it? No, you'll have to cut it. You'll have to edit it down. So it gets edited down and they go, or they go, no, no, it's been, the, it's been approved. We can't cut it. Okay, then, you know, I do it. And weirdly enough, I'm then back the following day to do it because they've had to cut it down, you know. It's right what you say, though, about the whole written down thing, because we produced for quite a few years um, features and things for some foreign broadcasters in English. And they always wanted everything written down, all the script written down, all the transcripts of the interviews written down, every single thing written down, um, rather than hearing what we produced. They didn't want to hear what we produced before they would read what we produced. Um, and it was very strange because they'd go through the written transcript, change our bits, which was fine because we could obviously change our voiceover or whatever, our, 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 our presenting side of things. But they'd then try and change bits um, uh, and alter the way people were saying things um, in the interviews and things, which was, was strange because you, you just can't, you know, you can't do that. And it didn't take account of, of things like, um, you know, the nuances of the way people say things, you know, pregnant pauses and... Uh, uh, people going high pitched, or or whatever it may, may be, that, that adds some animation to their voice, <laughs> and, and they wanted really us to make them say something else. And you think, well, that's what was recorded. We can't change it. They eradicate any subtlety. The number of times I'll put in something, I think that's really good. That moment there, because it's it's in my mind, that's the gag, or that's the moment where we're allowed a little beat, and you can hear them saying, "Let's get rid of that beat. Let's go." They have no conception about what what the composition is or the, the ebb and flow of these things. I mean, it's, it's their right, though. I can't complain because it's their, their copy. They're paying for it. They can do what they want. But why have they employed somebody um, who can give them subtlety and give them an um, interpretation of something and they then, they're, not, then they're not interested in using it? I mean, what's happening now, of course, in the world of voiceovers is they're getting more and more members of the general public to do the job. A because it's cheaper, but B because they want something real. So you constantly get these voices where they go and they don't hit the right words, and you go and you go, and there's not cl there's no clarity. And I always thought that the whole thing about voiceovers, particularly advertising and and promos, was the message was there had to be clarity because you're getting something across, and and uh, that seems to be going out of the window for reality. We want real people, which um, is uh, unfortunately real people can't really. Put the, put the message across. They can't speak properly or they stress things completely wrongly or swallow the necessary words so it'll be a, an advertisement about, um, I don't know, about sausages. And they'll say, they're, they're really great sausages. 
it'll be it'll be the the word is they're really great sausages they, they, rather than going they're really great sausages because it's it's about the sausages. It's not about great. The word great. Well, that I mean, actually, I'm giving it too much light and shade. It'll be they're really great sausages. It'll be like, they're really great sausages. You can't really hear what they're speaking most of the time. Oh, they got somebody like speaking in a kind of accent, and they swallow. They can't actually get it right. You know. So I can't understand how you've never lost it. To be honest, I mean, if I was pushed that far, I'd have to say something. I've always thought of the money. Actually, I've always thought of the money. I've always thought no, and also, also. Um, uh, I, wor- I, I worked out really early on that if you if you question anything, you, uh, you the session just falls apart. They just don't want to be questioned, and they get the hump. And you really don't want anybody to have the hump in a session because it. Um, I've, I've I've been with other actors, and there used to be more a case when you do two the two of you playing a, a a couple of characters together, and the other actor has lost their temper or has has um, said something. And uh, and so it, it's it's that feeling of, from my experience, you daren't ever say anything. You just have to be, uh, just say, oh, okay, oh, so okay, you want to do that? That's fine, good, good, good. In which case, you're then you're you're, you're an actor. You're going along with their their um, conceit, with their ego, you know. But you found a way of getting back at them through voiceover, man. <laughs> now you made a, a film, didn't you, of a voiceover guy? It was called something else, but you um, you won several awards for that film, didn't you? Got several awards, yeah. It was um, best film at the uh, Mid-Ulster Film Festival in America. It was jury's choice or something at the uh, the Oxford Film Festival. I mean, some of these film festivals, I don't know what they are, actually, I have to be frank. I don't know. You just you send it off. You pay thirty quid. You send it off to America, and it they uh, you know, and it, it's come up on the the film. What is it called? Without a box, you send the stuff off to. I don't know why it's called that, but it was. And and I sent it off to about twenty five people, thinking it's cost me six hundred quid to send this off. And in the end, you know, you get a. You don't even get any money back. You just get a you know citation. You this film was was our jury thought it was great, and you then use that. So you spent you've spent six hundred pounds on. On publicity, really, for for it. But yes, it won it won fifteen awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I rather foolishly never followed it up. I should actually have written something something else on it. I should have made films much more. But um, I made another one. But um, I, I also felt what was I felt it was so arbitrary. I unless I made a feature, I actually made a decision then when I first made it that making shorts was a waste of time. I still think that's the case. But you have with us, of course, with help of Made in Manchester, developed it into a longer form version uh, in audio. Indeed. Well, are you, well, I think you could make six of them easily without any any shadow of a doubt. Well, there's so, I've got so many stories. I've, in fact, written a book, um, written a book about uh, a fiction about uh, voiceovers because there was a period for about, of about five years where I wrote every experience I'd had in a diary. And I've just used this as a, as a diary, I've written it. I've used the diary as a book, so there is a uh, a cornucopia, a veritable cornucopia of a fund of stories that uh, could come out for the rest of this. We could make, I mean, not even five. You could make fifteen of these, just dealing with, also dealing with celebrities. You could have a, an episode about a celebrity. You could have an episode about a certain aspect of of uh, of it not of it all falling apart. You could have a, the whole thing falling down with the engineer failing to record it, pre- not pressing record. Everybody having to come back in. You have it. It's uh, there are the whole series of of events that have taken place, which are quite normal, really. Or people fighting. I've seen people fight as well. People people fight on the the two cre- uh, two creatives have fights on the floor because they disagree with the uh, with the copy. You know that kind of stuff. And it's. Uh, it's a it's a world of 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 
of silliness and idiocy and madness. And then you've got people on the periphery as well, haven't you? You've got the agents. Yeah, you've got yeah, the agents, yeah. You've got the, you know, the runner, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all the other actresses you would work with. And uh, um, and uh, occasionally you work with, I work with somebody who once, who uh, who uh, I couldn't stand. And um, uh, and so it was, it was so difficult um, to act. Well, funnily enough, the job afterwards, what was so awful, neither of us spoke to each other during the whole of the session. But um, at the end of it, the producer said, you two work so well together. I'm going to book you again for a whole series of what I've got a wonderful thing you could do. And I'm thinking, I don't want anything. I don't want anyone to do with this bloke. I don't want to come and see. He's completely awful. He's so rude. And so, oh, dear. But it, it's, uh, yes, it's the permutations with, um, with uh, um, and also people being, some actors get very snooty. They don't want to chat to anybody. Some people are too grand. Some people can't do it. You work with people, well-known actors come in, they can't read, they can't get it right. Um, it, it's, uh, but as you say, or you come in and the, the receptionist is, uh, um, denies that you've got a job and that you have to spend ages trying to get into the building, even though you know you've got the job and you're saying all the right things. And, uh, and your agent, your agent has sent you to the wrong place or your agent has, um, has said, said, uh, you, you, you said that you can do a, a um, um, that you speak German, you know, you t- turn up for these things, you know. Ah, so you're, so you're the German speaker. Uh, n- no, I don't speak German. I can put an accent on. Oh, we wanted the German, wanted fluent German. Oh, okay, you have a go? No, I'm not going to have a go. I don't speak fluent, I don't speak German. So, you know, <laughs> the kind of I- idiocy. Now, of course, you do all sorts of things, not just the advertising, you know, the, the, the voiceovers for adverts and things. You've done uh, voiceover stuff for promos and trailers on TV and things like that, and also the acting side of things as well. I mean, you do you do a variety, don't you? Well, free, well as an actor, I've, well, of course, I did Pipkins originally as the presenter, but um, but I also did, um, I've done masses of video games. What I love about video games is that I keep being cast as trolls or I do very good, apparently I do very good um uh, 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 the right thing to say at the moment, but I, I, so my trolls are great, but I'm always great with a broadsword. I'm always great going into villages and decimating the village. And um, and, uh, and, apparently, uh, and they always say, it's an enormous broadsword, Jonathan. So you have to go, and they go, oh, wonderful. Could you make the broadsword a bit bigger? And they said, now, now, could you play the people who are being put to the sword? Oh, okay. All of that as well. So that's great fun, but exhausting. I can't tell you how exhausting it is miming a broadsword. But but what I'm trying to say is, you know, you, you do all these different things, you know, the, the, the acting side of things and the promos and the trails for sort of Channel 4, etc. Thursday, 5 o'clock, Film 4. But which of all of those causes you the most stress as it were when it comes to doing these sessions and things and, and out of all of them where would you say the most the most comedy is is it in the advertising it used to be i remember i did the um the ferrero rocher ad um the ambassador's reception is known for its great taste that one and that was i did that as a comedy but everybody then took it very seriously so, because uh, and I had to say "eccellente" in the middle of that as well. But what I mean when I say comedy is the scenarios, the situations that you you get in that would inspire something like voiceover guy. Oh, sorry, sorry. Rather than specific, specific yeah. voices, specific voices. Um. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Other than well, no. In video games, it's funny when you're having to be, um, you're having to be a a, a man, um, a troll, um. Uh, with a wizard and uh, and and you've just you just killed everybody in the in the village 
but that's amusing for me because it's just so ridiculous with these swords and and leaping over all these voices you make but yeah oh no the environment is is the is the idiocy it's idiotic in advertising the idiocy of the the um the supposition the power that people want to wield uh over poor voiceovers and um and the assumption that somehow, despite employing somebody who's good at their job, that they know better. So this is always the premise that the person in the room who has nothing to do with voiceovers somehow knows how it should be. It's not the way what you're doing isn't isn't the way they'd envisaged it. So they will either read it to you and they're not an actor or they will attempt to get you to do things that are meaningless and don't help it at all. And their direction is useless and they don't know how to direct and Oh, even a producer will come in and they don't know what to say to you either. And uh, so in the end, it's just a kind of not a free-for-all, but it's up to almost up to you as the voiceover to just to think, I'll just give them a decent read and hope they like it because they're not, they're not pushing me in any direction that makes any sense. So it's like interpreting madness, but that's frequently the case. So, yeah, there is a, a huge silliness created by just people thinking that they know what they're doing and they don't, directing actors. Jonathan, it's fantastic to talk to you. Um, I hope everyone enjoys voiceover guy and hopefully we can uh, get a few more scripts together soon. I hope they do too. It's funny. It is funny. It is, though I say so myself. It's funny. (laughs) 